0: Something we've been curious about this broadcast. T-minus
1: 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and
0: liftoff. This is TGP Nominal. Extra.
1: All systems remain nominal, 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 nominal.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra, your monthly look at all things science fact and science fiction. Well, it's August, flying through this year. That means it's the beginning of the month and another sky guide is on its way and obviously we need a bit of help with the sky guide. So on the other fader should be Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy. How are you doing, sir? Very well. I'll help as much as I can (laughs) from what I've read about the sky. Lots going on this month. It's It's a strange time. At the minute, because, I mean, you contacted me the other day and you said, uh, do you know of anything that might be floating about in space at the moment that is in a completely different direction to the space station?
1: Yeah. Hang on a minute. I don't know what this is. And if Mark (laughs) doesn't know what this is, I might have just seen aliens.
0: I did a little bit of research, and I thought, well, the only thing it could be is one of the things that China have been launching, because over the last few weeks, China have launched a lot of things. But the Chinese space station, or the first module of the space station, the Tianhe, or Harmony of the Heavens, as it translates in English, which is the core module that was launched on the 29th of April, Recently, the Chinese space agency had sent some astronauts up to their space station, or Jiangong, which is what it will be called when it's completed. Now, Chinese
1: astronauts are called Taikonauts. Um, so now, there's a crater on the moon called Taiko, isn't there? There's a yeah, guy, um, Taiko, he helped discover all the stuff in the skies, and he had one of the best uh, charts of the heavens. And that's probably the reason why
0: they're called this. Um there are, I think, three Tychonauts on the space station at the moment, the Chinese space station, and I don't know if they've been doing some manoeuvres or they've shifted the solar panels. Um, if they've made a manoeuvre on the solar panels, it might be just caught it in a certain way, so now it can be seen from the Earth, and that might be what you've seen.
1: Well, when I saw it, well, i have to explain what I saw. So I was out in my garden had sort of like a, my fire pit on, just chilling out there. Not gonna lie, I was having a beer. It was a nice warm evening. <laughs> chilling out, enjoying myself, looking up at the sky. And uh, I saw I knew the ISS was coming up because I knew there was two passes and I was actually out to watch one of the first passes. And then this other object went across the sky. It went almost the opposite way. It kind of went east to west instead of rising in sort of the west and coming over where the moon was at the time. It was just as bright, if not brighter so me being me i thought oh no! if i made a mistake if i told everyone in the group it's coming over at this time and i was like but i know the direction it goes across the sky because it, it never goes the other way so i looked up my app and i was trying to find out what satellite it was or was it the iss and i was like no there was nothing on there so i looked up another couple of apps i've got and there was nothing on there and then it wasn't just that i'd seen that the iss thing did come over about 20 minutes later so it wasn't that and i recall that someone in our group had said they'd seen another light on saturday There's been a few, because there's been a few actually following the ISS, and people are saying it's kind of like some of the missions up there, and they put a new part on, didn't they? Wasn't there a Russian module or something that went up? Yeah. Someone mentioned. That was uh, last week, I think, or sometime like that. There's obviously loads going on up there, but we don't know what this light is, and then it got reported again, and again, and again. So in the Facebook group, it keeps on coming up. In fact, this morning when I woke up, there's a couple more people saying they saw it there's definitely something up there going along, and you know, it's not anything sinister. If it's a spy satellite, it's not very good because we we're all seeing it. No, I sent Janelle who's on NASA Lady One, she didn't know. And Will as well with photography, he he didn't know what was going on. So there's this light in the sky that's now a mystery, and we're just waiting for someone to go, yes, that's us. <laughs> but that's the only thing I can put it down to that
0: it could be the Chinese space station module. Tianhei now they're living on there you've got three guys living on there i don't know how long they're up there for but they might have made a couple of maneuvers maybe they just
1: went up there and turned the lights on <laughs> <laughs> just ding ding every time they pop to the loo or something the light comes on and we get to see it
0: <laughs> yeah last one out and turn the light off yeah be a bright um, light. it's difficult to work out because if it is something from china they can be a little bit secretive about what they put out to uh, the news and i have been following a few more chinese news outlets shall we say to see if they are mentioning anything hmm. um, which is causing a lot of conflict on my facebook feed because i'm getting a lot of posts that are written in either cantonese or uh, mandarin or something and i don't <laughs> understand either of those languages We're getting a lot of ads <laughs> coming up
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> You have to reject all cookies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yes, and and that was the main reason for it, was because I wanted to find out what is going on. And the only way I thought that I might be able to find out is by subscribing to a couple of Chinese news outlets to see what's going on, because a lot of them do actually do an English version of their news pages. So that's always handy, because I don't fancy trying to learn Mandarin
1: or Cantonese. So yeah, so at at the moment it's a little bit of a mystery, but I wouldn't say there's anything to be scared of. The way it's moving and the way it looks, the only other thing that looks like it is the space station Mm. that I've seen in the sky myself. So it sounds like maybe they've gone there, maybe they've done something and they've changed its maneuver a little bit or it's catching the sun better now. So hopefully we can find out because then I can sit there and go, right, you've got two cool things you can see in the sky now. when it was just
0: up there it was just automated and it was left pretty much idle till these three Tychonauts went to their space station and obviously they've turned a lot of things on, they've made some manoeuvres, they've changed how things are to fit how they're living up there and I think probably it's reflecting the light now
1: and now you can see it that's what I think it is so there you go, now we have two space stations astronauts and Tychonauts gotta remember cosmonauts as well they do go out and do stuff don't
0: they and they will be now because the chinese space agency have signed an agreement with the russian space agency for future missions so it'll be interesting to see what comes from that as long as no one stops shooting anyone a big space with lasers and stuff once you get past the Kármán line you just forget everything that's happening down on
1: earth, on earth. don't worry about <laughs> us down here
0: you've got to you've got to work together to make things work up there Recently, I've been doing a little bit of stargazing, not through a telescope, through binoculars and with the naked eye and I got in touch with you a couple of weeks back didn't I and I said I've managed to see Jupiter and Saturn and it's really easy to see if you know the direction that they're in Jupiter is so bright and Saturn is not far behind it you you won't see it straight away but you know it's about 10-15 minutes later you will see Saturn at the moment up to the right hand side diagonally from Jupiter and uh, yeah I was really surprised that I could see it without using any equipment whatsoever
1: yeah I never really realize that when I first went out and had a look I never realized how bright Jupiter actually was and you're like how did I miss this for 30 years (laughs) it's been there staring me at the face most of the time even with binoculars you can get to make out sort of like the actual shape of Jupiter and the four moons you've got a really steady hand and the rings of Saturn I love them I think they're awesome it was quite
0: a good night for me that night because I say I saw Jupiter and with 10-15 minutes I saw Saturn and then within about half an hour from that I actually got to see a International Space Station pass. So that just finished it off nicely. <laughs> There's
1: something about it, isn't there? I don't know what it is, just sitting there. Like, I've seen it countless times now, but every time just seeing the planet sitting in the sky and then a space station fly over, you're like, oh man, that's mad. That is cool
0: the position that i'm in here i see the tail end of it so it says it will start off in a certain position and it will end up in kind of like the exact opposite position Yep. and it will take like six minutes to get from the starting position to the finishing position so i'm thinking right so i can only see the tail end of it from here so about four minutes in (laughs) i'll start looking in that direction there it is
1: (laughs) it just appears you have to go on the top of your uh your block of flats oh it'd be great from up there <laughs> lie up there get a recliner out and just look and go oh look at that
0: there would be an amazing sight from up there you have to break
1: it through locks probably <laughs> i'd imagine or set some alarms oh, i off. think so yeah <laughs> so don't do that children <laughs> They're going to reach our position this month, both of them. Mm -hmm. So they're going to get even better to look at. So they're going to be really cool to see. And as I said, there's loads of uh, transits of its moons because with Jupiter, as we're almost kind of spot on with it, all its moons are going to cross right in front of us and Jupiter. So we get to see shadows go across, moons go across, all sorts of things going on. So it's a really good month to go and have a look at Jupiter. And uh, of course, don't forget Saturn. So I think we'll take
0: a break there and when we come back Ross is going to continue on from pretty much what he was talking about there plus a lot more that's going on in the skies
1: Rock Radio, America's space station. Its ongoing mission explore new worlds of music, tell the story of those who fly, build, and dream.
0: Rock Radio from Space,
1: streaming live from ThirdRockRadio.net.
0: Good morning. It's T minus 45 minutes until the final countdown commences. In less than one hour, if all goes according to plan, the three members of the Apollo 11 crew will blast off in their. My father's name was Edwin Eugene Aldrin. Has dreamt of, mankind's greatest adventure. I became Buzz. Destination: the moon. We looked back at the Earth and watched it get smaller. Oh, it was beautiful.
1: Apollo 11, this is Houston. I've got the morning news here, if you're interested. Over. Go ahead, Houston. An Irishman has won the World Porridge Eating Championship by consuming 23 bowls of instant oatmeal. I'd
0: like to enter Aldrin in the oatmeal eating contest next time. He's on his 19th bowl. <laughs> Roger. Human nature and curiosity is to explore the world around us. And the world around us includes way beyond. Don't get in here. Go for landing. Over. I do anything? Go for landing. Roger 1202. We copy you. We're go. St. Hyde. We're go. Okay. Engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Terrible kill. Magnificent desolation. The next generation of explorers should not ever give up. I'm Chris Lintott, and you're listening to TGP Nominal. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science, we show as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP nominal. So welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra now Ross, August we're kind of getting there now where the nights are starting to close in but it's going to be a, still a little while yet before we get some decent dark skies but a lot going
1: on nonetheless yeah? Yep, still loads to see and the great thing is with August all the kids are off school so even though it doesn't get dark till about 10 o'clock ish sort of thing, maybe half 10 you know they haven't got school in the morning, there's a big meteor shower this month, you can see Jupiter and Saturn at opposition, you might see another ISS parcel too, you might see the the phantom light that we just spoke about which we think is a chinese (laughs) space station so yeah you know even if they're out for half hour an hour you know let them stay in bed for a little bit longer in the morning get them out there right so let's get on to the month then because there's there's quite a bit to get through because there's a lot going on with jupiter and its moons it's all this moon's occult in this moon and transit in this with this shadow and then timings as well so i'm going to try and get it spot on hopefully so if we start on the first of the month about 11 p.m ganymede is going to occult europa So you're going to see the moon catch up with Europa, cover part of it. I think about almost a half or a quarter of the moon is going to be covered by the other moon. And then the moon's slowly going to pull away from it again. And that's just due to sort of like the relative motions of the moons orbiting and us and things like that. It's a pretty cool thing to see. So you're actually going to see a moon of Jupiter occult another moon. So it's going to actually go in front of it and you're going to only see about half of it. I've not seen that before, I've seen them really close together, but I've never seen one go over the top of another one. So that's a really cool thing to see, about 11 o'clock on the 1st if you're out and about. Again on the 1st, if you have a peek around the bottom limb of the moon, when the moon's up, you may spot a few really cool features there. We've spoken about the straight wall will be there, which is like a, a linear fault on the moon. And it's on the sort of southeastern part of Mare Nubium. So it's a really good little thing to see. But down the bottom there near Tycho, there's Clavius, there's Tycho, there's this straight wall thing. So just get your scope out and have a look. But just remember, if you're using a mirror one, it might flip it the other way. So it might be the top, not the bottom. Remember your tops from your bottoms of the moon. But just have a look around that area. There's some really cool stuff you'll see with the Terminator shadow there. So if we move on to the second, so in the morning of the second, there's gonna be a 2 a.m. crescent moon and it's going to be sitting not far from the bright blue cluster which is uh the Pleiades or the seven sisters as we know this is a really famous one we always get to see it and we always talk about it because it's cool now so they're around about 444 light years away and in fact it's going to be making a really cool triangle with itself the cluster and then the lower star Aldebaran or Aldebaran I like Aldebaran and it's going to make a lovely contrast of colors you've got the blue cluster the red star and then the nice bright sort of crescent moon right there so 2 a.m up to about you know when the sun rises pop out in the morning if you can have a look at that because it's going to be really really nice to see again on the second and this will be in the evening saturn is at opposition tonight so its rings are going to appear slightly brighter than usual it's going to reflect perfectly on because it's going to be in between sort of like the sun and us perfectly so through binoculars and a telescope although they're still quite low in the sky Mark's seen it with binoculars you guys can see it easy. The rings will be slightly tipped sort of down towards us at the moment but if we give it a few more years in 2025 they're actually going to be nearly completely edge on so it's gonna look like they've almost disappeared so you don't get that that often so we're gonna have to make sure we remember that in a couple of years time so they'll be absolutely straight on with us so It'll just be like a line rather than actually seeing the rings. So pop out and have a look at Saturn on the second because that'll be when it's at its brightest but it'll be good for the whole month so don't worry too much if you miss it. Moving on to the third. Now the morning crescent moon is going to have moved sitting just above the sort of bull's head which is the eye, the style Aldebaran which talks about. So it's moved above that which is part of the V-shaped Hades cluster. So you might be able to see the slight V there. They're sort of older stars and more sort of yellowy and orangey compared to the blue Pleiades. And that represents the bull's head of Taurus. They lie around 151 light years away. They're not too far compared to Pleiades because they actually, they actually say that the Pleiades are the sisters of the Hades and the Hades are the seven brothers so see if you can make out the two lots of seven stars they're completely different colors and they're going to be sort of like above right of the moon now around about 2 a.m. onwards the Pleiades will be up there so if we move on to the fifth and another morning thing I'm afraid there's a lot of morning stuff going on so it's a good job we're not all at school <coughs> So in the morning, there's a 12% lit crescent moon. As it's rising, the open cluster M35, which is in Gemini, I think is just slightly to the right of it. So it's going to look like they're going to rise slightly together and be really close and as they rise they're going to get slowly further and further and further away until the sun rise. so m35 is a really lovely open cluster of blue sort of stars they're great for binoculars and you've got the added bonus of also there's a small globular cluster there which is pretty much in the same field of view if you have a look you might spot it there it might be more difficult as the sun rises but you should see it there if you've got a camera you might be able to get the moon the globular cluster and the open cluster all in one shot there so it's definitely worth having a peek in that morning we move to the seventh again a morning thing jupiter's moon callisto is actually going to be eclipsed by the planet's shadow at 3:22 a.m get out before that have a look at jupiter and you'll notice that the moon is actually going to pass behind the planet before it goes behind it it's going to seem to either dim or completely disappear and that's because it's passing into jupiter's shadow Also keep an eye out for the very thin 2% moon just after 4 a.m. So if you are out at 322, you see that. Stay up a little bit longer, see if you can spot the thin 2% moon. Just be careful again not to look at the sun because it will be rising and it might be quite close to it. So be careful there. Right, on to the ninth morning again. If you pop back to Jupiter, this time it's to watch Europa. And that's going to virtually disappear from uh, Ganymede's shadow. So now you're going to see another moon's shadow (laughs) make another moon disappear. So it's going to be at the perfect distance or how we view from Earth to look at it, that it's actually going to disappear into the shadow of another moon. And that's around about 4.37 to 5.44 a.m. So another really early start. But to see a moon disappear or dim behind another moon's shadow on Jupiter, that's mad. That's crazy. I've not actually seen that either. So I'm going to have to be really busy this month out in my garden, having to look up and seeing what I can see. Right, if we move on to the 10th luckily now it's an evening thing so in the evening there'll be a nice crescent moon it's going to be just to the right of venus and just after sunset so sunsets there you can have a nice crescent moon you are can have venus they're going to be quite low on the horizon because they are starting to disappear now the moon will be rising up as the month goes on so don't worry too much about that it's still bright enough to be seen by eye so just have a little look there see if you can see venus and the crescent moon if we move on to the next day the 11th the moon would have passed then Venus and be slightly higher up to its left as the Sun sets in the evening on to the 12th and now the 12th is a very important time I would say the probably 11th 12th and 13th is worth your time any of those evenings the 12th is technically the peak of the Perseid meteor shower the actual proper peak is between 10 and 11 p.m although they say that the nights of the 11th and the 12th through to dawn are well worth staying up for so we are going to talk about this a little bit later because it is our naked eye objects of the month because you don't need any equipment to see it so it's going to be one of the biggest meteor showers of the year that everyone really enjoys because it's summer it's warm out so you can go out and just enjoy yourself and just look up see all the meteor showers so moving on to the 18th This is going to be a little bit of a naked eye challenge. This isn't our naked eye object of the month, but it is a naked eye challenge. See if you can spot very faint Mercury and Mars just after sunset. It will be a challenge, as I said, as the sun is kind of still be lighting up the sky. As we know it's August, it doesn't really get that dark. But in a low Western horizon, you may just spy these two planets probably for the last time this month for a little while, and then just make sure you don't mistake it for the brighter Venus, because Venus will be up as well. So see if you can spot a very faint sort of ready Mars, a little pinpoint of Mercury. So good luck with that one. On to the 19th, and it's Jupiter's turn now to be at opposition. So tonight Jupiter's gonna look at its best. Saturn will still look cool, it'll still be bright, but now Jupiter has reached. And as a bonus on this night, you'll see its moons Io and Ganymede are really close together. As it's rising both the moons are going to be really close to each other and as it goes through the night they're going to slowly separate as they go away so that's something cool to look at move to the 20th i'm going to have a lot of uh sleep deprivation i reckon coming through this <laughs> month so yeah the 20th in the morning have another look at jupiter and around 2 50 a.m on this morning you may spot io and its shadow crossing jupiter the moon is actually then going to overlap its own shadow as they both cross across because as I said, we are perfectly almost in line to look at it. The shadow's gonna go on there. The moon's gonna be moving slightly faster than the shadow and it will actually cross itself and then carry on across the planet's surface. So that's a really another really cool thing to see. Move on to the 21st and there's another transit tonight. Luckily it's tonight though, not really early in the morning. So 9.15 to about 11.35, so it'll be as Jupiter rises. IO and its shadow are going to be crossing Jupiter again. So if you missed it the night before, don't worry about it. You've got it this night or you didn't want to get up early in the morning. So there are absolutely tons and tons of opportunities to see some of these really cool transits and shadows and moons occulting other moons so jupiter is the main sort of focus this uh, month i'd say and again this evening's full moon it's going to look really cool rising up from the horizon so if you get to see the full moon coming up as well and you get to see you know another moon chase its shadow across jupiter what a night so 22nd again as jupiter rises all about jupiter king of the planets he's really still in the show or just wanting it to all be about him so he's rising in the evening this time you're going to get a double bubble as it rises because you're going to get the moons Ganymede and Europa transiting the planet. So you've got two moons going across the face of the planet at the same time as it rises about 10, 10, 30, something like that. Awesome photo opportunity, great thing to see. So again, pop out and have a look. So if you do miss any, there's almost one every night or every morning at the moment and that just shows you how quickly the moons orbit around the planet. So the last one is on the 30th, you'll be happy to hear. And this one is the last transit of the month and it goes to Io and Ganymede. So along with their shadows, starting around 9pm, ending at around 4.22am. So you've got a whole sort of evening and morning to see that. So you're going to see Io and Ganymede and both their shadows transiting across the planet. Oh, and that's the last of Jupiter. So there is a minor meteor shower towards the end of the month, so the 31st. And it's the Aurigids. Although they are active between the 28th of August to the 5th of September, they actually peak between 10:15 to 11:35 on the 31st, so that night. They are said to only produce about 6 per hour, but this shower has produced bursts of up to 50 to 100 per hour depends you know as we know it's made by like a comet going around loads and loads of times leaving a big dust trail or an asteroid and you can never tell with dust trails if you're going to go for a dense part or a thin part so you may get to see some really cool ones going on now the moon will be rising just after the peak time might get a good view although Auriga itself is rising sort of 10 with its radiant rising around about 11 p.m so your best bet is a nice low clear northeast horizon looking towards the star capella which is the goat star in Auriga so although it says 10:15 to 11 35 it'll rise higher and higher throughout the night and as I said they do continue on to the 5th September so who knows you might get to see some really cool ones flying past you as you sit there and look up Of TGP Nominal and its infinite mission to explore space, science, and technology news, to explore the world of sci fi, comic comics, and gaming, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. <laughs> Now I do have to mention, from the 5th to the 13th, the moon is out of the way. So it's a great time to have a look at the objects of the month we're gonna talk about, the naked eye, binoculars, and the Perseid meteor shower, which peaks 11, 12, 13. So the moon is kind of pretty much out of the way for it, which is good for us, because it means you get to see a lot more. It won't be washed out. Now, the Perseid Meteor Shower. Meteors or shooting stars happen every night pretty much, but a shower is a special event where the amount you can see is increased dramatically. We do have these all through the year, but some like this month's Perseids, produce more than others. And this one's thanks to a comic called Swift-Tuttle. It was found by Mr. Swift and Mr. Tuttle. Funnily enough, they got their name <laughs> stuck on it afterwards. And now, as we know, a comet is like a huge snowball that orbits around the sun. And as it sort of heats up, all particles get thrown off of it and burn away. And that's what leaves dust trails and dust lanes that we then go through. So how do we get to see them ourselves? And well, the beauty of an event like this is you don't need any equipment. You won't even need a hot drink. It's August, so it'll probably be quite warm. Maybe an ice cream. Go to a dark field if you can, but you don't have to have a dark area. You can see them from your garden. You can see some really bright ones I have. As I said, the peak is apparently the 12th, but look on the 11th look on the 12th moving into the 13th until dawn we enter the dust stream in july so even the beginning of the month keep looking up people are reporting meteor showers and fireballs and stuff all the time now so it's definitely ramped up and it's already happening but each night it'll slowly build up and up and up and up and get more and more and more till it's got its peak and then it will start dwindling down again so even afterwards you've got the chance to see more and more so don't worry if it's cloudy or anything like that happens you should still see them Now whereabouts are they? They're Perseids because they're around Perseus. So the easiest way I say to find Perseus is look up in the sky, there'll be a sort of sideways W and that'll be Cassiopeia. Just below Cassiopeia is Perseus. Look around that area, that's where they're going to be streaking across the sky to. But I would say best thing, get a recliner, lay on the floor and just look up. Because they'll be darting right across the sky and you'll see them really easily. Now they are predicted every year to give you about 100 to 120 per hour. I've never seen that amount and I'd say usually it's because the moon's in the way or you know we live in cities now with light pollution. Personally I've laid on a field and just counted 67 in an hour, an hour and a half. So that's still quite a lot, 67 shooting stars flying across the sky. That'll make a kid's evening, that'll make my evening, so it's always unpredictable. Go out, have a look up, you never know and you've got all month now pretty much to see all these bits of comet burning up in our atmosphere. And that's not to mention the minor one that's at the end of the month so there'll be bits from that and the normal everyday bits of dust in space that we fly through so percy of shower, 11 12 13th. get out there if you can hopefully it won't be cloudy but if it is keep looking so now on to our binocular object of the month now usually i try and find something like a big cluster of stars or something like that that you can see but i thought this time was going to be a little bit different and go for a star called epsilon Lyra, and it's actually a double well it's actually a double double It's a double double plus one star, really. So (laughs) to explain this, what you've got to do, look up in the sky, find the bright star Vega, which is right up in the sky now in the constellation of Lyra the Harp. Really easily found because it's one of the brightest stars at the moment this time of year, and it's right up above you, so you really can't miss it. Just to the left of Vega, you can see another star, and that is actually two stars, and that is Epsilon Lyra. So if you get binoculars on it, by eye it looks like one star. Through binoculars, it looks like two, and then what appears as one star to the naked eye actually turns into two with binoculars. Pop a scope on them, or if you've got slightly more powerful binoculars or a really good eye, you might then actually make out that the two stars make two other stars. So each star has another star with it. And then it turned out in the mid-1980s, astronomers using advanced imaging techniques, so you won't be able to see this probably, they detected there's actually a fifth star there.
0: System.
1: all five of these stars are sort of bound together by gravity and so it's like a binary binary plus one and they're around about 162 light years from us so slightly further than the Hades or the Pleiades I haven't looked there yet I have seen the double but I've never seen both so hopefully it's nice and high this time of year get your binoculars on it have a look tell me what you see and now last but not least the telescope object of the month And I've chosen something a little bit different. Again, I always kind of go for like dumbbell nebulas, things like this. I've gone for the Iris Nebula. Now the Iris Nebula or NGC 7023 is its designation. So if you can't find its name, put in NGC 7023 and that'll pop it up on Stellarium or any app you've got that shows you the sky. It's a bright reflection nebula and it's in the constellation of Cepheus. And this means that its colour comes from the scattered light of its central star. So it's actually like a dark sort of gaseous mass, but the central star is lighting it all up. And it's around about 1,400 light years away, so it's quite far away they say it looks like petals that's why they call it like an iris it looks like a plant so iris petals stretched out roughly six light years across so it is absolutely massive and if you look at it in photos it actually really has a really lovely blue white glow to it we won't see too much for a telescope colored wise you might see a bit of white you might see a little bit of blue if you're lucky but yeah the iris nebula is a really nice little nebula It looks like a a flower in space so i hope you can find that and good luck and yeah that's that's my month i'm out of breath That was a lot <laughs> yeah there's quite a bit going on there
0: yeah it's all jupiter's fault <laughs> usually about this time i ask you if you've got anything coming up and last month you were talking about a lot more schools have been in touch with you about doing um actual live events rather than zoom events
1: yeah hopefully most of them all in september when they will go back it seems to be getting a lot of schools now asking us a lot and other community groups and at the moment we've got park life haven't we at the end of august hopefully i call it park life i think because of the song
0: is it live in the park both the events you got the live in the park and you got i don't know if they're doing proms in the park mm-hmm. i think they are the whole weekend is called
1: park life but ah, the, that's where I'm the, getting confused then.
0: yeah the one that you attend and i'll
1: be attending as well is live in the park live in the park well i'm hoping to be there i have to tell people that are listening that i'm actually off work at the moment because i've managed to injure my wrist I did a stupid thing. I fell over a wall and it's been like this for about four weeks now. Hopefully, I'll get an x-ray soon and they'll be able to sort it out and then I can get back to doing things because, you know, if I'm not at work, then I'm not doing anything else either. So, I've just sat in talking to Mark and trying to keep myself mentally sane. (laughs) So, I'm a very outdoor going person. So, yes, I'm hoping by the end of August, they have sorted me hand out and I can go along there and teach you guys and show you the sun and all sorts of things. Fingers crossed. Or should I say arms crossed?
0: You've put a call out in the volunteer section to see if there's anybody else that can come along to the event, kind of like a meetup.
1: I haven't seen any of my astronomer lot, really, at all. I think when it opened briefly last year, I'd managed to do Sea Cadets for David Pickles and his son Tom. But other than that, we just haven't seen each other, we haven't done anything. So this is going to be almost like the big let's all meet up. Mm -hmm. We're here, come along, say hello, have a burger. They haven't even seen the uh, Mobile Observatory yet. No. So that will be there, Hopefully. So I think, yeah, hopefully my arm gets fixed and I'll be there because I'm really looking forward to it. It's been too long.
0: This will be its official unveiling at Live in the Park, won't it? Because it was was supposed to attend last year, which obviously didn't happen. So, yeah, that'll be great. I mean, I'll be there as much as I can because, Mm -hmm. as you know, I've...
1: Oh, you're all over.
0: Yes, I do get uh, a little bit tired by the end of the evening <laughs> because I'm out and about all over the place interviewing bands and artists. Now people are getting to know that I'm there, I get called into chat with a lot more people, so there's a lot of interviews. Last time I think I I got something like 12, I think interviews
1: altogether. All I all I remember last time was seeing you at the beginning. You said hello some stuff in the van didn't you for safety yeah and then didn't see you for a couple of hours and you came back like wiping the sweat from your brow <laughs> <laughs> from all that hard work quickly grabbed the bike to eat and you're off again and pop back again and that was it and then i was with you guys in the evening yes When so, it was a bit cooler and uh well not as manic for you but it's all good fun yeah so fingers crossed hopefully me and you and the astronomy lot will all be there have a good laugh yeah definitely
0: weebly.com That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, Ross, once again, it's great having you back on the show. Thanks for having me as always. As you know, always love it, always enjoy it. It's good chatting to you. Yeah, it's always a good laugh because, you know, we don't get to see each other that often and live in the park will probably be the first time we've seen each other in about a year.
1: Yeah, it's my social now.
0: I'm looking forward to that and a few other things that I've got coming up for the Garbage Pod and hopefully we can start getting things out on a more regular basis as things open up a bit more. At last. So that leaves me with the usual thing to say to you all, and that is stay safe. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you all again
1: real soon. Clear skies, guys, and remember, there's a billion worlds in your back garden.
0: Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal.
1: If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page
0: over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theatre for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us